Welcome to the Daily Scripture Reading for August 9th, 2023. Our readings today come from 1 Chronicles chapters 8-14 through and Psalm 66. We'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Links to today's readings can be found in the podcast description. 1 Chronicles 8 Benjamin's first son was Bela, the second was Ashbel, the third was Ahara, the fourth was Noha, and the fifth was Repha. The sons of Bela were Adar, Gera, Abahud, Abashua, Naaman, Ahoa, Gera, Shephuphan, and Hurim. The sons of Ehud, leaders of the clans living at Geba, were exiled to Menahath. Ehud's sons were Naaman, Ahijah, and Gera. Gera, who led them into exile, was the father of Uzzah and Ahuhud. After Shaharam divorced his wives, Husham and Bera, he had children in the land of Moab. His wife, Hodesh, gave birth to Jobab, Zibiah, Misha, Malcham, Juz, Sakiah, and Mirmah. These sons all became leaders of clans. Shaharam's wife, Husham, had already given birth to Abitub and Elpal. The sons of Elpal were Eber, Misham, Shemed, who built the towns of Ono and Lod, and their nearby villages, Bariah and Shema. They were the leaders of the clans living in Aijalon, and they drove out the inhabitants of Gath, Ahio, Shashak, Jeremoth, Zebediah, Arad, Eder, Michael, Ishba, and Joha were the sons of Bariah, Zebediah, Meshulam, Hizki, Heber, Ishmeray, Isla, Isliah, and Jobab were the sons of Elpal, Jacob, Zikri, Zabdi, Elinei, Zilithai, Eliel, Abaiah, Beriah, and Shimrath were the sons of Shimei, Ishpan, Eber, Eliel, Abdon, Zikri, Hanan, Hananiah, Elam, and Thothijah, Iftaiah, and Penuel were the sons of Sheshach, Shemsharai, Shehariah, Athaliah, Jerashiah, Elijah, and Sikri were the sons of Jeroham. These were the leaders of the ancestral clans. They were listed in their genealogical records, and they all lived in Jerusalem. Jeel, the father of Gibeon, lived in the town of Gibeon. His wife's name was Maaka, and his oldest son was named Abdon. Jeel's other sons were Zer, Kish, Baal, Ner, Nadab, Geder, Ahio, Zechariah, and Migloth, who was the father of Shimeam. All these families lived near each other in Jerusalem. Ner was the father of Kish. Kish was the father of Saul. Saul was the father of Jonathan, Melchishua, Abinadab, and Eshbaal. Jonathan was the father of Meribel. Meribel was the father of Micah. Micah was the father of Pithon, Melech, Tereah, and Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Jada. Jada was the father of Alameth, Asmaveth, and Zimri. Zimri was the father of Moza. Moza was the father of Benia. Benia was the father of Rephaiah. Rephaiah was the father of Eliasah. Eliasah was the father of Azel. Azel had six sons, Azrakam, Bokaru, Ishmael, Sheariah, Obadiah, and Hanan. These were the sons of Azel. Azel's brother Ashek had three sons. The first was Ulam, the second was Jush, and the third was Eliphalet. Ulam's sons were almighty warriors and expert archers. They had many sons and grandsons, 150 in all. All these were descendants of Benjamin.
1 Chronicles 9. So all Israel was listed in the genealogical records in the book of the kings of Israel. The people of Judah were exiled to Babylon because they were unfaithful to the Lord. The first of the exiles to return to their property in their former towns were priests, Levites, temple servants, and other Israelites. Some of the people from the tribes of Judah, Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh came and settled in Jerusalem. One family that returned was that of Uthay, son of Amahud, son of Omri, son of Imri, son of Bani, a descendant of Perez, son of Judah. Others returned from the Shelanite clan, including Asaiah, the oldest, and his sons. From the Zerahite clan, Jewel returned with his relatives. In all, 690 families from the tribe of Judah returned. From the tribe of Benjamin came Salu, son of Meshulam, son of Hodaviah, son of Hasanua, Ibneah, son of Jeroham, Ella, son of Uzi, son of Mikri, and Meshulam, son of Shephatiah, son of Ruel, son of Ibnijah. These men were all leaders of clans, and they were listed in their genealogical records. In all, 956 families from the tribe of Benjamin returned. Among the priests who returned were Jediah, Jehoarib, Jachin, Azariah, son of Hilkiah, son of Meshulam, son of Zadok, son of Marioth, son of Ahitub. Azariah was the chief officer of the house of God. Other returning priests were Adaiah, son of Jerohim, son of Pashur, son of Malchijah, son of Masiah, son of Adil, son of Jazera, son of Meshulam, son of Meshilamith, son of Emer. In all, 1,760 priests return. They were heads of clans and very able men. They were responsible for ministering at the house of God. The Levites who returned were Shemaiah, son of Hashab, son of Azrakam, son of Hashabiah, a descendant of Merari, Bakbakar, Harish, Galal, Mataniah, son of Micah, son of Zikri, son of Asaph, Obadiah, son of Shemaiah, son of Galal, son of Jedathon, and Berechiah, son of Asa, son of Elkanah, who lived in the area of Netophah. The gatekeepers who returned were Shalem, Akab, Talmon, Ahiman, and their relatives. Shalom was the chief gatekeeper. Prior to this time, they were responsible for the king's gate on the east side. These men served as gatekeepers for the camps of the Levites. Shalom was the son of Kor, a descendant of Abiasaph from the clan of Korah. He and his relatives, the Korahites, were responsible for guarding the entrance to the sanctuary, just as their ancestors had guarded the tabernacle in the camps of the Lord. Phineas, son of Eleazar, had been in charge of the gatekeepers in earlier times, and the Lord had been with him. And later, Zechariah, son of Meshelamiah, was responsible for guarding the entrance to the tabernacle. In all, there were 212 gatekeepers in those days, and they were listed according to the genealogies in their villages. David and Samuel the seer had appointed their ancestors because they were reliable men. These gatekeepers and their descendants, by their divisions, were responsible for guarding the entrance to the house of the Lord when that house was a tent. The gatekeepers were stationed on all four sides, east, west, north, and south. 
their relatives in the villages came regularly to share their duties for seven-day periods. The four chief gatekeepers, all Levites, were trusted officials, for they were responsible for the rooms and treasuries at the house of God. They would spend the night around the house of God, since it was their duty to guard it and to open the gates every morning. Some of the gatekeepers were assigned to care for the various articles used in worship. They checked them in and out to avoid any loss. Others were responsible for the furnishings, the items in the sanctuary, and the supplies, such as choice flour, wine, olive oil, frankincense, and spices. But it was the priests who blended the spices. Mattathiah, a Levite, and the oldest son of Shalem, the Korahite, was entrusted with baking the bread used in the offerings, and some members of the clan of Kohath were in charge of preparing the bread to be set on the table each Sabbath day. The musicians, all prominent Levites, lived at the temple. They were exempt from other responsibilities since they were on duty at all hours. All these men lived in Jerusalem. They were the heads of Levite families and were listed as prominent leaders in their genealogical records. Jeel, the father of Gibeon, lived in the town of Gibeon. His wife's name was Maaka, and his oldest son was named Abdon. Jeel's other sons were Zur, Kish, Baal, Ner, Nadab, Geder, Ahio, Zechariah, and Mikloth. Mikloth was the father of Shimeon. All these families lived near each other in Jerusalem. Ner was the father of Kish. Kish was the father of Saul. Saul was the father of Jonathan, Malkishua, Abinadab, and Eshbaal. Jonathan was the father of Mirabel. Mirabel was the father of Micah. The sons of Micah were Pithon, Melech, Tariah, and Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Jada. Jada was the father of Alameth. Asmaveth, and Zimri. Zimri was the father of Moza. Moza was the father of Beniah. Beniah's son was Raphaiah. Raphaiah's son was Eliasah. Eliasah's son was Azel. Azel had six sons, whose names were Azrakam, Bokaru, Ishmael, Shiriah, Obadiah, and Hanan. These were the sons of Azel. First Chronicles 10 Now the Philistines attacked Israel and the men of Israel fled before them. Many were slaughtered on the slopes of Mount Gilboa. The Philistines closed in on Saul and his sons, and they killed three of his sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malkishua. The fighting grew very fierce around Saul, and the Philistine archers caught up with him and wounded him. Saul groaned to his armor-bearer, Take your sword and kill me before these pagan Philistines come to taunt and torture me but his armor-bearer was afraid and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. When his armor-bearer realized that Saul was dead, he fell on his own sword and died. So Saul and his three sons died there together, bringing his dynasty to an end. When all the Israelites in the Jezreel Valley saw that their army had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned their towns and fled. So the Philistines moved in and occupied their towns. The next day, when the Philistines went out to strip the dead, they found the bodies of Saul and his sons on Mount Gilboa. So they stripped off Saul's armor and cut off his head. Then they proclaimed the good news of Saul's death before their idols and to the people throughout the land of Philistia. 
they placed his armor in the temple of their gods, and they fastened his head to the temple of Dagon. But when everyone in Jabesh-Gilead heard about everything the Philistines had done to Saul, all their mighty warriors brought the bodies of Saul and his sons back to Jabesh. Then they buried their bones beneath the great tree at Jabesh, and they fasted for seven days. So Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He failed to obey the Lord's command, and he even consulted a medium instead of asking the Lord for guidance. So the Lord killed him and turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. First Chronicles 11 Then all Israel gathered before David at Hebron and told him, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, even when Saul was king, you were the one who really led the forces of Israel. And the Lord your God told you, You will be the shepherd of my people Israel. You will be the leader of my people Israel. So there at Hebron, David made a covenant before the Lord with all the elders of Israel, and they anointed him king of Israel, just as the Lord had promised through Samuel. Then David and all Israel went to Jerusalem, or Jabus, as it used to be called, where the Jebusites, the original inhabitants of the land, were living. The people of Jebus taunted David, saying, You'll never get in here. But David captured the fortress of Zion, which is now called the city of David. David had said to his troops, Whoever is first to attack the Jebusites will become the commander of my armies. And Joab, the son of David's sister Zeruiah, was first to attack, so he became the commander of David's armies. David made the fortress his home, and that is why it is called the city of David. He extended the city from the supporting terraces to the surrounding area, while Joab rebuilt the rest of Jerusalem. And David became more and more powerful, because the Lord of Heaven's armies was with him. These are the leaders of David's mighty warriors. Together with all Israel, they decided to make David their king, just as the Lord had promised concerning Israel. Here is the record of David's mightiest warriors. The first was Jashobim the Hakmonite, who was leader of the three, the mightiest warriors among David's men. He once used his spear to kill 300 enemy warriors in a single battle. Next in rank among the three was Eleazar, son of Dodai, a descendant of Ahoah. He was with David when the Philistines gathered for battle at Pass Damon and attacked the Israelites in a field full of barley. The Israelite army fled, but Eleazar and David held their ground in the middle of the field and beat back the Philistines. So the Lord saved them by giving them a great victory. Once when David was at the rock near the cave of Adullam, the Philistine army was camped in the valley of Rephaim. The three, who were among the thirty, an elite group among David's fighting men, went down to meet him there. David was staying in the stronghold at that time, and a Philistine detachment had occupied the town of Bethlehem. David remarked longingly to his men, Oh, how I would love some of that good water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem. So the three broke through the Philistine lines, drew some water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem, and brought it back to David. But David refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. God forbid that I should drink this, he exclaimed. This water is as precious as the blood of these men who risked their lives to bring it to me. So David did not drink it. These are examples of the exploits of the three. Abishai, the brother of Joab, was leader of the thirty. 
He once used his spear to kill 300 enemy warriors in a single battle. It was by such feats that he became as famous as the three. Abishai was the most famous of the thirty and was their commander, though he was not one of the three. There was also Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior from Kabzeel. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. Another time, on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. Once, armed only with a club, he killed an Egyptian warrior who was seven and a half feet tall and who was armed with a spear as thick as a weaver's beam. Benaiah wrenched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with it. Deeds like these made Benaiah as famous as the three mightiest warriors. He was more honored than the other members of the thirty, though he was not one of the three, and David made him captain of his bodyguard. David's mighty warriors also included Asahel, Joab's brother, Elhanan, son of Dodo, from Bethlehem, Shammah from Herod, Helez from Pelon, Ira, son of Ikesh from Tekoa, Abiezer from Anathoth, Sibekai from Husha, Zalman from Ahoa, Mahari from Natofa, Heled, son of Baana from Natofa, Ithe, son of Rube from Gibeah, in the land of Benjamin, Benaiah from Pirathon, Harai from near Nehal Gash, Abi Albon from Erebah, Asmaveth from Bahuram, Eliahub from Shalabon, the sons of Jashan from Gizon, Jonathan, son of Shagi from Harar, Ahiam, son of Sharar from Harar, Eliphal, son of Ur, Hefer from Mekira, Ahijah from Palon, Hezro from Carmel, Paarai, son of Ezbi, Joel, the brother of Nathan, Mibhar, son of Hagri, Zelek from Ammon, Naharai from Beeroth, the armor-bearer of Joab, son of Zariah, Ira from Jatir, Gerib from Jatir, Uriah the Hittite, Zabed, son of Ale, Adina, son of Sheza, the Reubenite leader, who had thirty men with him, Hanan, son of Maaka, Joshaphat from Mithna, Uzziah from Ashtaroth, Shammah and Jael, the sons of Hotham from Aror, Jadil, son of Shimri, Jaha, his brother from Tiz, Eliel from Ahava, Jerubai and Joshaviah, the sons of Elnaim, Ithma from Moab, Eliel and Obed, Jaaziel from Zobah. First Chronicles 12 The following men joined David at Ziklag while he was hiding from Saul, son of Kish. They were among the warriors who fought beside David in battle. All of them were expert archers, and they could shoot arrows or sling stones with their left hand as well as their right. They were all relatives of Saul from the tribe of Benjamin. Their leader was Ahazer, son of Shema, from Gibeah. His brother Joash was second in command. These were the other warriors, Jezeel and Pelet, sons of Asmaveth, Berakah, Jehu from Anathoth, Ishmaiah from Gibeon, a famous warrior and leader among the thirty, Jeremiah, Jahaziel, Jahanan, and Josabad from Gedira, Eluzai, Jeremoth, Bealiah, Shemariah, and Shephatiah from Heroph, Elkanah, Ishiah, Azarel, Joezer, and Jashobim, who were Korahites, Jola and Zebediah, sons of Jeroham from Gedor. Some brave and experienced warriors from the tribe of Gad also defected to David while he was at the stronghold in the wilderness. 
They were expert in both shield and spear, as fierce as lions and as swift as deer on mountains. Ezer was their leader, Obadiah was second, Eliab was third, Mishmanah was fourth, Jeremiah was fifth, Atai was sixth, Eliel was seventh, Johanan was eighth, Elzabad was ninth, Jeremiah was tenth, Macbeneh was eleventh. These warriors from Gad were army commanders. The weakest among them could take on a hundred regular troops, and the strongest could take on a thousand. These were the men who crossed the Jordan River during its seasonal flooding at the beginning of the year and drove out all the people living in the lowlands on both the east and west banks. Others from Benjamin and Judah came to David at the stronghold. David went out to meet them and said, If you have come in peace to help me, we are friends. But if you have come to betray me to my enemies when I am innocent, then may the God of our ancestors see it and punish you. Then the Spirit came upon Amasiah, the leader of the thirty, and he said, We are yours, David. We are on your side, son of Jesse. Peace and prosperity be with you, and success to all who help you, for your God is the one who helps you. So David let them join him, and he made them officers over his troops. Some men from Manasseh defected from the Israelite army and joined David when he set out with the Philistines to fight against Saul. But as it turned out, the Philistine rulers refused to let David and his men go with them. After much discussion, they sent them back, for they said, It will cost us our heads if David switches loyalties to Saul and turns against us. Here is a list of the men from Manasseh who defected to David as he was returning to Ziklag. Adna, Josabad, Jadiel, Michael, Josabad, Elihu, and Zilathay. Each commanded 1,000 troops from the tribe of Manasseh. They helped David chase down bands of raiders, for they were all brave and able warriors who became commanders in his army. Day after day, more men joined David until he had a great army, like the army of God. These are the numbers of armed warriors who joined David at Hebron. They were all eager to see David become king instead of Saul, just as the Lord had promised. From the tribe of Judah, there were 6,800 warriors armed with spears and shields. From the tribe of Simeon, there were 7,100 brave warriors. From the tribe of Levi, there were 4,600 warriors. This included Jehoiada, leader of the family of Aaron, who had 3,700 under his command. This also included Zadok, a young brave warrior with 22 members of his family who were all officers. From the tribe of Benjamin, Saul's relatives, there were 3,000 warriors. Most of the men from Benjamin had remained loyal to Saul until this time. From the tribe of Ephraim, there were 20,800 brave warriors, each highly respected in his own clan. From the half-tribe of Manasseh, west of the Jordan, 18,000 men were designated by name to help David become king. From the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. All these men understood the signs of the time and knew the best course for Israel to take. From the tribe of Zebulon, there were 50,000 skilled warriors. They were fully armed and prepared for battle and completely loyal to David. From the tribe of Naphtali, there were 1,000 officers and 37,000 warriors armed with shields and spears. From the tribe of Dan, there were 28,600 warriors all prepared for battle. From the tribe of Asher, there were 40,000 trained warriors all prepared for battle. 
from the east side of the Jordan River, where the tribes of Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh lived. There were 120,000 troops armed with every kind of weapon. All these men came in battle array to Hebron with the single purpose of making David the king over all Israel. In fact, everyone in Israel agreed that David should be their king. They feasted and drank with David for three days, for preparations had been made by their relatives for their arrival. And people from as far away as Issachar, Zebulon, and Naphtali brought food on donkeys, camels, mules, and oxen. Vast supplies of flour, fig cakes, clusters of raisins, wine, olive oil, cattle, sheep, and goats were brought to the celebration. There was great joy throughout the land of Israel. First Chronicles 13 David consulted with all his officials, including the generals and captains of his army. Then he addressed the entire assembly of Israel as follows, If you approve, and if it is the will of the Lord our God, let us send messages to all the Israelites throughout the land, including the priests and Levites in their towns and pasture lands. Let us invite them to come and join us. It is time to bring back the ark of our God, for we neglected it during the reign of Saul. The whole assembly agreed to this, for the people could see it was the right thing to do. So David summoned all Israel, from the Shehor brook of Egypt in the south all the way to the town of Lebohamoth in the north, to join in bringing the ark of God from Kiriath-Jerim. Then David and all Israel went to Bela of Judah, also called Kiriath-Jerim, to bring back the ark of God, which bears the name of the Lord who is enthroned between the cherubim. They placed the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from Abinadab's house. Uzzah and Ahio were guiding the cart. David and all Israel were celebrating before God with all their might, singing songs and playing all kinds of musical instruments, lyres, harps, tambourines, cymbals, and trumpets. But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled, and Uzzah reached out his hand to steady the ark. Then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzzah, and he struck him dead because he had laid his hand on the ark. So Uzzah died there in the presence of God. David was angry because the Lord's anger had burst out against Uzzah. He named that place Perez Uzzah, which means to burst out against Uzzah, as it is still called today. David was now afraid of God, and he asked, How can I ever bring the ark of God back into my care? So David did not move the ark into the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. The ark of God remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months, and the Lord blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he owned. First Chronicles 14 Then King Hiram of Tyre sent messengers to David, along with cedar timbers and stonemasons and carpenters, to build him a palace. And David realized that the Lord had confirmed him as king over Israel and had greatly blessed his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. Then David married more wives in Jerusalem, and they had more sons and daughters. These are the names of David's sons who were born in Jerusalem. Shemua, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon, Ibar, Elishua, Elpolet, Naga, Nepheg, Japhia, Elishama, Eliada, and Eliphalet. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, they mobilized all their forces to capture him. But David was told they were coming, so he marched out to meet them. The Philistines arrived and made a raid in the valley of Rephaim. So David asked God, 
Should I go out to fight the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord replied, Yes, go ahead. I will hand them over to you. So David and his troops went up to Baal Perazim and defeated the Philistines there. God did it, David exclaimed. He used me to burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So they named that place Baal Perazim, which means the Lord who bursts through. The Philistines had abandoned their gods there, so David gave orders to burn them. But after a while, the Philistines returned and raided the valley again. And once again, David asked God what to do. Do not attack them straight on, God replied. Instead, circle around behind and attack them near the poplar trees. When you hear a sound like marching feet in the tops of the poplar trees, go out and attack. That will be the signal that God is moving ahead of you to strike down the Philistine army. So David did what God commanded, and they struck down the Philistine army all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. So David's fame spread everywhere, and the Lord caused all the nations to fear David. Psalm 66 For the choir director, a song, a psalm. Shout joyful praises to God, all the earth. Sing about the glory of his name. Tell the world how glorious he is. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Your enemies cringe before your mighty power. Everything on earth will worship you. They will sing your praises, shouting your name in glorious songs. Interlude Come and see what our God has done. What awesome miracles he performs for the people. He made a dry path through the Red Sea, and his people went across on foot. There we rejoiced in him, for by his great power he rules forever. He watches every movement of the nations. Let no rebel rise in defiance. Interlude. Let the whole world bless our God and loudly sing his praises. Our lives are in his hands, and he keeps our feet from stumbling. You have tested us, O God. You have purified us like silver. You captured us in your net and laid the burden of slavery on our backs. Then you put a leader over us. We went through fire and blood, but you brought us to a place of great abundance. Now I come to your temple with burnt offerings to fulfill the vows I made to you. Yes, the sacred vows that I made when I was in deep trouble. That is why I am sacrificing burnt offerings to you the best of my rams as a pleasing aroma, and a sacrifice of bulls and male goats. Interlude. Come and listen, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he did for me. For I cried out to him for help, praising him as I spoke. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Praise God who did not ignore my prayer, or withdraw his unfailing love from me. Thanks for joining me today for today's daily scripture reading. I'd like to recommend to you a podcast by my friend David Heflin called In the Seams, a podcast inviting people with chronic pain and illness to consider how God is in the seams of our brokenness and how he mends us through our suffering. Please click on the link in the podcast description to check it out now.